bank, um, wasn't that some good singing to start our new year? If you were listening to the prelude, um, the next to last song is Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. And um, that certainly is an appropriate thought to party any day, really, but our new year especially. So, but thank you for those songs you picked and the messages contained there. And so, for our young people, welcome. Did you have a good new year? Yeah? Good. Well, this morning I brought something along. Who knows what these are? Yeah. Binoculars, yeah. What do you do with binoculars? You see things that are far away up close. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, if I was to look at Gina right now, she would look really large instead of being far back there in the back. Um, and I picked her because she's she's towards the back. Um, sorry, Jeremy. But um, yeah, so they help us see things far away. Um, yesterday, I had a chance to do something uh, that I enjoyed. I went goose hunting with a friend and two of his friends that I met for the first time. And we used binoculars to try to see the geese while they were farther away to see if they were coming towards us. Why would we want to do that? Well, right, we didn't want them to see us, but why would we want to see them while they were far away? You're, you're on the right track. We didn't want them to see us. Yeah, we don't want to scare them away. And what, what did we want to do? We saw them far away before they got to us. What could we do? Somebody help them out. Hide. Well, we could hide. Get ready to shoot. Get ready. That's what I was looking for. We could get ready. So if I took the binoculars and I pointed them at the floor, would I be able to see the geese? No. No. So I'm going to have... We put up a picture for us. Um, we were in something called, called a goose blind, and this is my picture from the goose blind yesterday morning about, I don't know, 725, something like that. And as you can see, there's some wire and some grass and things in the front, and there's little pieces of wood that were holding things together. And so sometimes, when I was looking at the geese, or trying to look at the geese, those pieces would kind of get in the way. And I would have the time to adjust where my binoculars were, so that I could follow the geese and stay, stay sighted in on them. And like I said, we wanted to do that so that we could be ready. We wanted to hide. We didn't want the geese to see us. But we needed to have our guns ready and things. If, the geese, if we didn't see the geese until they were right there, then it wouldn't have been any time to get our guns ready and get the geese. And by the way, we didn't get any geese. No one came close. But that wasn't the point. Um, we had a good time. So, um, the Bible tells us that in our spiritual life, in our walk with Jesus, we should have binoculars too. And we find that in Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to read you a couple verses. It says, since you have been raised with Christ, meaning since you accepted Jesus as your Savior, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So we're supposed to um, set our hearts on things that Jesus wants in things that are where he is. And then verse 2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And 
we're going to talk with the older people in a little bit about what it means to set your mind. But it's kind of like binoculars. It's having a focus on things and being prepared, looking ahead. So what kind of things um, in your spiritual life, what, what kind of things in your relationship with Jesus do you think you should look at to be ready for the future? Have any ideas? No? Help them out. What kind of things should we look for? We look for Christ to return. That's something in the future we look to. Yeah. His love never changes. We can be confident of that. Read His word and obey. Yeah. So there's all kinds of things, really. Any, any, there's many, many answers to that question. But what I want you to remember this morning is we're supposed to keep our eyes, our hearts, our minds, however you want to describe it, focused on Jesus and where he is and what he wants us to do so that we'll be prepared and ready when he comes back and in the meantime, when he gives us opportunities um, to be a light to him. Okay? So think about that um, maybe when you see peace or maybe when you're thinking about the future. Think about Jesus wants us to have binoculars and be watching real close to him. Thanks. You guys can have a seat. So as I said, we'll be, be talking more about that here in a few moments. But um, I'm going to pause for some prayer and praise. And um, I'll start with, with the praise. Um, I was talking to, to someone um, earlier and heard about a situation where something you would normally think of as not a great situation led to a positive outcome. And um, they asked me not to share the specifics, but you know, I was just encouraged as I listened to that, that they, they noticed that something that we would normally think was, was not such a good thing um, led to a very positive outcome. And quite often, Any other praises you want to share this morning? Things you've seen the past week or the past year that you want to remember Christ for.
younger said, praise God for his faithfulness, and he's the same every day. Yes? Um, I did want to share this morning. Most of you probably got my email or the phone message um, earlier this week. We received a prayer request from Nancy Shank that uh, her and Jay both had COVID. And this morning I got another email that Jake passed away as a result of COVID and some complications. Um, as I shared in the email, that brings sadness for. Many of us. Um, personally, I, I don't believe I ever met him uh, in person, but I've heard much about him. I've heard much about his work. I know the kind of man that he was. It's a great loss. The loss of his family, the loss for the church over there, and the loss for our church. He was immensely And um, I received a call from that we have some type of remembrance service. Um, and I think that's appropriate. Uh, to give you time to reflect, an opportunity to reflect together on your memories of Jake and of his work. While we can't be those involved in the services, we can gather together. So I don't know for sure. Um, Nancy with, with some more details and they are having services on Wednesday. So I thought maybe it would be appropriate at the end of the evening in place of our regular prayer meeting to do a time of remembrance with Jake. But I need to talk to our leaders and, and confirm and see if um, Kevin Edison or, or 
Other prayer requests uh, we shared this week Warren Tompkins, Joel's grandfather, uh, was in the hospital with some dialysis. What's her first name? Jessica. Jessica. Uh, if you didn't hear, um, Hazel's mother, Jessica, was in a car accident last night. We don't know all the details, but we can pray for her. Anything else? Okay. Almost always the first words that I say are your questions. Because your word teaches that everything good comes from you. Everything good comes from you. As one of our congregation shared, it's so good to know that when we need to, you're there. And you provide the help and the assistance. So we thank you this morning for being our God, for being the one who sees us, who cares for us, who strengthens us. And we want that. At the start of this new year, Lord, we often pause, as we will this morning, to reflect on the past year and look to the coming year and where we're at, where we're going. Email this morning and without her week since last Sunday. 
much happened that she didn't expect. The Lord wondered to find illness and to find that it was COVID. And as she watched, they struggled while he was getting a little better. We don't know what our weeks will hold. But you do. And your hand is with each one of us, just as it was with Nancy. And as it will be this week. We pray your comfort and blessing. It's appropriate as we talk about these things in mourning. For the great loss. I pray that you would help Pam to demand appropriately process this loss and then going that may bring home to you and find strength in it. And Lord, for the family that is traveling now to try to rebuild the temporary services, would you help out how to do this properly now? Would you open doors in our hearts tonight? For the church there, Father, we pray. You would raise up those that Jacob prepared, those that Jacob went journeying to to be here with him, and you raise them up in his example to lead that church, to lead that region. You can impact the cathedral, you can impact the whole region for your glory. We continue that as we give this praise. who knew him, worked with him, received the word of our faith and faithfulness, and give them comfort and give them peace. We share that time with us in the Lord. Lord, we, we continue to pray for this COVID virus. Maybe a couple months. Lord, give us strength. For the offering is still. For the offering of the people at Mesco School. Time and more. For the care of our Mesco region. But I believe to bring. This is something I believe God is for me. But I believe you can use it for his glory. So Lord, use this to address our purpose, to align ourselves your will, to teach us new things about yourself, folks. And not be too critical or too caught up in our own things that we don't really want to do. Lord, we pray for the body. Thank you for 
Special ways that we don't have to be, but we will work in We ask that you would relieve this pain that you have brought for so long in your life. Lord, that you would touch the nerves of your heart. Lord, that you would heal you, that you would deal with our community and things that we need to get around. Father, we pray for the blessing. of our service, Lord, thanks. Your guidance that your spirit would be my voice and the reflection of those who So it is uh, a new year. Street. And all these people were looking at me really funny on 
no one, what are you looking at me like that for, man? Well, lots of people looking at me like that because I was going the wrong way on the wrong way street. GPS didn't work so well. The point is, we need to take the information that we get and we need to process it and make sure that we are making good choices, that we are moving in the right direction, that we're moving in a safe direction. Our calendar that we've created gives us a good opportunity each year to pause and do that, to, to look, as I said, at where we are and where we're going, where we want to go. And uh, obviously there's things in our life that come sometimes that are unexpected. We may think we know where we're headed, we may think we know where we're going, but things come in that cause detours, that cause delays. Cause us to make a course correction like I had to on that one way street. And in life, two years ago, I thought I knew where I was going. I had been in Paris for 10 years and I thought, okay, I wanted something else for a long time. But maybe this is just where God wants me to be. And I need to be content teaching Sunday school and, and reaching out in other ways. And so I settled in my mind that that's where I was going. And I got to the beginning, excuse me, 2019. And I got to the beginning of 2020. I wasn't at Rose anymore. I was an interim director at a camp. And I was pretty sure God was leading me back to some type of full time ministry, but it didn't seem like it was camping. It looked like it was probably going to be pastoring, but it looked like it was going to be in Chamberville, not far from where I lived my whole life. Beginning of 2021, I'm in a place I never expected under conditions I never dreamed of. Even when we think we know where we're going, we often need course corrections. We need to focus. We need to look at the information we have and realize where is God taking us and what is God wanting to do. And by the way, So this morning we're going to start by turning to Matthew chapter 2, and it is part of what we consider the Christmas story, you may say, Christmas is over, this is the new year, it'll make sense in a moment. We're going to start at Matthew 2 verse 1 and read verse 12. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? We saw the star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come your ruler, who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, 
they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of money. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And so we read this morning the story of the Magi and their journey. And they were on a road. They thought they knew the way. They followed the star to a likely place, Jerusalem. This is the center of this kingdom. This is where the palace is. This is just where a king would be. And they found out that no, this isn't where the journey ends. You need to go to Bethlehem. The one you seek is there. And so they followed the road there. And they found the one that they were looking for. We can't always stay in that moment. We don't live in our moment of salvation. Most of us would look at that, I believe, as a highlight of our life, of a, a very special, happy moment. And we would love to have that feeling, that, that experience all the time. But life goes on. And went on for the Magi, and they, they needed to move on. They needed to go back home after being the king. And they thought they were going back to Jerusalem, back by the road they came. There was a main road that would have led them back home. God said, no, you need to go by another way. And their road changed again. And by the way, it was a hard road. As I said, they had a main road they thought they could cross. But they had to make a significant detour to get out of King Herod's vision. And it was a more difficult path. And it's not always true for us, but often that's true. When we meet the king, our road changes. The path may become harder. Even Joseph, Mary, and Jesus had to make an unexpected journey. Says after the Magi left, we didn't read that part, but they had to make a journey to Egypt. I'm sure that's one of the things Mary and Joseph didn't expect when they found out they were going to be the father of Jesus. And later they were led to Nazareth. And so just like these folks, there are times in our life where we will be redirected. Make sure we're on the right path. We need to make sure we're headed in the direction God wants us to go. This year, of course, as we've already mentioned, has been filled with unexpected things. Um, you know, COVID uh, has been detours and changes in direction for everyone. Much of it I haven't been excited about. Moments I've actually struggled with. And as I said in my prayer, I'm convinced God wants to use this to refresh our focus. He's going to cause this, but he's going to use us to draw people to himself. And so we need to reevaluate where we are. But some people think, I just want to be done with it, I want to forget about it, and I want to move on. The best thing to do is just forget. And I found out about a new holiday this week, something I never heard of before. Have you ever heard of Dividends Day? Apparently it's been going on for about 14 years now in New York City. From December 28th, each year at noon in Times Square, they have a celebration that they call Dividends Day. And people come and they write down the things 
three in this letter, which is what they meant to find, but they don't want to be humble about it anymore, and they want to be formal with it. We did that uh, this year on the 28th. Um, Monday's late, I think that was Monday. And uh, it wouldn't surprise you what was written on the papers the people submitted to be shredded. So they were at the top of the list. Zoom calls, quarantine, shortage of toilet paper, political divisiveness, remote learning, the list went on and on. And things that happened this year and people just want to be done with and forget about. That'd be great to work, right? We could just put something on a piece of paper and shred it and move on. But life doesn't really work that way. In some ways, it surprises me that that day isn't celebrated either on December 31st or January 1st instead of December 28th. Because many people make what we call resolutions at the beginning of the year. They take time, as we've said, to evaluate and think about where they are and what changes they may need to make, and they make a resolution. And that's at least better, I think, than a good release day, because at least then you're, you're kind of setting up a plan. I know I need to do something, I need to do something about that, and so I'm making a resolution, I'm going to do that. Um, I have some humor I want to share to uh, kind of represent that. I don't know if any of you are Calvin and Hobbes fans, I don't remember if I've shared any of his cartoons before or not, but this is one I've seen before. And his friend Hobbes, the stuff tiger, says, are you making any resolutions for the new year? And Calvin's response is pretty humorous. Resolutions? Me? What are you implying? That I need to change? Well, buddy, as far as I'm concerned, I'm perfect the way I am. Some of us may think that. Some of us may feel that way. I've got it all together. I don't need to change anything. But my guess is most of us realize there's things that we need to do. Things that maybe we would want to make a resolution Those things are true in our spiritual life as well, and the good news is there's an actual way to say good riddance to the things we want to change. And a way to move forward in this new road that we want to follow for 2021. So if you would turn with me again to Colossians chapter 3. And normally, uh, well, I don't know if I should say normally, but most often we don't read the whole chapter. I take a few verses and we read it. But I really felt like this whole chapter has the message we want to hear that I think God wants us to hear this morning. So, Colossians 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, 
that you have taken off your old self with his practices, and have put on a new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of his creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and he is enough. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgives you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eyes, when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for me. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favor. Much there for us to reflect on, and I will try not to dwell too long on any one part since it is a lot there. But I do want to pull out a few things. The first one says, Since then, since then we have a relationship with Christ, since we had that moment of the met the king, and we realized who he was, and we worshiped him, and he changed our life. Since then, those things happen. There's something that we should do. There's a response that is needed. Scripture tells us that the old is gone and the new has come. We just read here in Colossians that we're to put off the old and put on the new. There's a process that is supposed to take in our lives, and it's an ongoing process. We should not be content to remain where we are. And so, as I said, it's important that we take moments to pause and reflect on where we are and what is important so that we can move forward and continue the process that God wants us to do. Since then, we have everything we just studied in Response that we should make. In verse 2, it says, What we're going to focus on is set your mind. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. We're not supposed to focus on this world. 
We are supposed to focus on the things of Christ and that is by no means an easy thing to do. It's natural to get caught up in our day to day life and the responsibilities that we have and caring for our families and making meals and all those things. But the scripture says, set your mind on other things. You ever look beyond that and see more than what's right in front of us? Let's try to select the earthly things fall behind. If you set your mind on something, I read those words this, this week, and as I read that chapter, those were the words that jumped out at me, and I'm like, what, what does set your mind mean? I read that, I don't know how many times in my life. But what does set your mind mean? And maybe you have an idea, but we're going to talk about those things in a moment. If you set your mind on something, it means you're determined. It means you have a plan to obtain it. It's not just a passing whim. It's, it's a goal that you want to follow through. And I found an article that wasn't meant for spiritual things, but has a lot of application for spiritual things. And I read and it actually said how to set your mind. And so we're going to kind of review some of those things that we can do to help set our mind on not earthly things, but heavenly things. First of all, it says define what you'd like to achieve and how much you really want it. If we want to change, if we want to evaluate where we're at and move forward, then we need to figure out what is it I really want to change? What is it I really need to change? Where do I need to improve? And how much do I really want that? Because if I'm not willing to pay the price, if I'm not willing to put some effort into it, it's not really going to happen. How much do we really want to be like Christ? As it says later in the chapter, that we are growing in the image of the Father, that we're to display to the world. How much do we really want that? How much do we want people to see God in us instead of us? We talked a few weeks ago about how concerned we often are about picking up everybody's problems and then make an impression of what we wear when we should be worried about displaying joy. And this is part of that. This is wanting to improve in the image of God so that He is what people see. So after we determine what it is we want to achieve, what do we want to change, what do we need to improve in? And if we really want to do that, and whether we want it bad or not, then we need to define the reward. What will, what will be the result of putting that effort in and making that change? Of taking time to assess and make a plan. There is a reward. We read it in verse 24. You know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Next, we need to visualize yourself achieving achieving the goal and enjoying the reward. What will the results be here on earth? What will it look like if you make that change? Who will you impact? Whose life will you touch beyond your own? If you put in the effort to do evaluation and move forward in the walk of Christ. You need to see what that's going to look like. And you need to believe that 
need to make a point. You need to think about the steps. So how am I going to get from there to here? Change spiritually doesn't just happen. We don't, don't just say, okay, I want all those things listed there in Colossians that we're supposed to have, so Lord, give them to me. It's a process of taking off the old and putting in the new. It's spending time in the Word, it's spending, spending time in prayer, it's listening to others, it's getting the steps you're going to take for whatever area you need to improve in this year to make sure that that improvement happens. And then write them down. If we don't write them down, it's too easy to forget them. It's too easy to just let them go and stay where we are. We need to write them down, and then as we accomplish them, we can put a check mark there. And that's encouraging that we are moving forward. That God is working in our life. That God is making us more like Him. The next thing we need is focus. Sometimes we focus on the end, where we want to go, and where we are now. I can never be like that. I can never be like this, or I can never become like that. Those are lies from the enemy. And if we look only to the end, we can become overwhelmed. We can become disheartened. And God says, stay in the moment. Just worry about now. What do you need to do today? next thing we need to do is persevere. There will be failures. None of us are perfect. None of us look like these verses at the end of Colossians that says what we're supposed to have on all the time. Persevere. God forgives. Do that. Forgive others as God has forgiven you. God will forgive. And we need to move on and take another it's never too late. Persevere. When we are to learn from the expert and the experienced, there are always people who are ahead of us in their spiritual walk. That's not a bad thing. They've been where we want to go, and we can learn from them. And I've said before, we need to be readers, not only of the Bible, but of solid word from individuals who are following the Lord faithfully. And they can give advice and hints and things. So if there's an area of your life that you know that you want to change in, that you want to grow in, you should be reading about that. And how others have accomplished that. And what they've learned that can help us. And maybe even a lot of individuals who can be a mentor, be an encourager, be a helper. It's a great idea to have someone you meet with on a regular basis. <clears throat> what you're planning for the year, what you want to grow in, and then report on on a regular basis. Not only is that an encouragement at the time you meet, but it's an accountability through the week. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to give them an answer at such and such a time. It's motivation to move forward that sometimes we don't have in ourselves. And lastly, give it all you've got. 
any physical receiver that says, oh, I found a light switch in here. Oh, I tried a light switch. God expects our whole heart effort through everything as if it's for the glory of what we're doing. It's for his glory. Give it all to God. Set your mind on where God is leading you this year. And make sure it happens. Two more thoughts from the chapter that we read. There's a list of things that we are to put to death. Rid yourselves of such things, it says. It includes whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Not just the acts themselves, but fantasizing about them, thinking about them, dwelling on them. Anything that doesn't lead to the Spirit, or something that needs to be removed. Greed, which is idolatry, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. You might read that list and say, well, I don't struggle with them, but most of us struggle at some point with being true. And that certainly is not an exhaustive list. But those are things that we are to take off with any of those parts in your life in some way. That's a big starting point of what needs to change for 2021. And then it says, therefore, clothe yourselves. Not only does he give us a list of things we need to get rid of, get out of our life, Things we need to add to our life. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, we are to have compassion and to care for one another. By the way, this list sounds a lot like a study on friendship. <coughs> Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with others and forgiving others, love. Peace, being thankful. Just as I'm trying to do with us as a body and make sure that we're taking time to remember what God is doing in our lives, we need to be doing that on a daily level. It changes our lives when we recognize God's work. And we need to be thankful, we need to be praising God and recognizing those moments in our own life. It says the word of Christ should dwell in us richly. Are we spending time in the word? Are we memorizing the word? I haven't been very faithful with that lately. Most of us know the psalm that says, Thy word have in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We need help. There's a part of the scripture that we can memorize and repeat and pray through. We are to sing with gratitude and joy. We are to do everything for God and not ourselves. Then it really gets personal and it says, Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh to them. That's what. Most of the time, it's, if I have a bad habit, 
Speak to the one I love and call trust. I read it first in this morning. Children are going to work for you as they obey your parents. They're guiding you in the way that you thought out to be right. Parents, they're going to better your children. Don't despond when they reject you. Don't say you have a good choice. Don't say because you've always been a bad choice. Listen to your kids. Listen to their needs. Have to serve the Lord. Somewhere in that list, I would guess each of us could find something that we should grow in this year. And that is by no means a full list of needs. And as we already said, verse 24 says there's a reward. If we do these things, if we take off the things we shouldn't have, if we put on the things that we grow in, there's an inheritance from the Lord. God wants to bless us as we will obey Him. So here we are at the beginning of 2021. We started with a Calvin called Tune, and I have one for us to reflect on at the end. In case you can't read it, this one says, Let's say life is a square of the sidewalk. We're born at this track, and we die at that track. Now we find ourselves somewhere inside the square. And in the process of walking out of it, suddenly we realize our time here is fleeting. And it is. Does our quick experience here point us? Does anything we say or do in here really matter? Have we done anything important? Have we been happy? Have we made the most of these precious few footsteps? Praying and standing there calmly about because it's an important question. Is our experience here important? Anything we say or do matter, it should. And we should, like this cartoon, take time somewhere in our lives. It doesn't have to be the new year, but to many that can come later. But we should take time to reflect. Are we making a difference? Are we allowing God to mold us into His image? What does He want to take away? What does He want to fix? So I'm suggesting that we all look for a new way in 2021, and that we set our mind on something, something that God wants us to do. Where were you at the beginning of 2020 before all this stuff? Are you any different now? Are you any more like the hands of God than you were a year ago? Where do you want to be at the start of 22? If I presented the same message today, ask what's changed and what do you say? What do you need to leave behind to get where you want to go? And what 
they need to resolve together. And how they need want their reward to be. That is another prosperity gospel message. So who wants to be the servant? Who's got one talent and did nothing with it? Can be the servant. Let's make the most of 2020. So he's going to come and lead us in ways. 